Morning Church family, happy Mother's Day. And to all the women out there, I just pray that you have a, an amazing day today. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you, God, for this beautiful, beautiful day. And I thank you, Lord, for the mothers and the mother figures in our lives. And Father, just the, the difference that they make. And I pray, God, that you will uh, bless each and every one of them today uh, as they celebrate this special day, Father. And uh, granted, it's under uh, just uh, different circumstances than what we're used to. But, but God, nonetheless, we want to honor them and we want to show them that we love them. Uh, Lord, bless us. And we ask, God, that you would just be with us as we go through this message, and I pray, Lord, that you are glorified. It's your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. There was a survey done, and uh, uh, the, in the survey, they were asking moms, uh, what's the the worst gift you've ever received? And 40% and, uh, of the moms in this survey received a gift that was, uh, trying to come up with a better word, but uh, just wasn't a good gift at all. Um, and uh, here's a partial list of the 30 worst Mother's Day gifts uh, that were recorded during this uh, survey. Uh, deodorant, uh, nothing says I love you like you stink. Um, a fire extinguisher, um, maybe that's because mom was a bad cook, I don't know. Uh, cleaning supplies, I've learned you never buy cleaning supplies on a day like Mother's Day. Um, that's not something you do. A stick of French bread. Uh, salad dressing, uh, popcorn, I know a few moms, that would go over really well, uh, ants, perhaps there's an ant farm that they have, I'm not sure, hair dye, nothing says you're old like you need to dye your hair, uh, a screwdriver, that's probably mainly for dad, uh, a toilet paper roll, uh, which coincidentally this was done before this pandemic, so <laughs> hey, maybe somebody knew what they were talking about. Uh, a calculator and car parts. Another newspaper ran an article that was similar and they did the 20 awful Mother's Day cards that you absolutely should not buy for your parent or for your mother. And the article is very clear do not buy these cards for your mom. Uh, but here's just a, a few examples Mom, thanks for always checking up on me with a picture of a cell phone with 24 unanswered calls from mom. Uh, and the other one was, well, I guess this is this Mother's Day card is late. Looks like someone wasn't raised properly. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, another one said, I'm awesome. You're welcome. Uh, another one said, to the luckiest mom ever. Um, uh, this one's hilarious. Mom, I love you loads. And I had a picture of a laundry basket overflowing with clothes. And then it said, speaking of loads, can I come and do my laundry? Uh, just some of the fun, uh, funny things that, that people come up with, um, but maybe not the best idea for Mother's Day. As we celebrate Mother's Day today, uh, we're looking at two different women in the Bible uh, with, with really two different ideas about life and success. Uh, and so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to be in verses 38 through 42 this morning. Luke 10, 38 through 42. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus, is, uh, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with, with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. 
But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This message is entitled today, Choose the Good. Why choose the good? I think we're pretty familiar with this story enough to know Jesus' response to what was really good. Uh, Martha and Mary are two women that we see uh, a few times throughout the Gospels. You have this account, and there's one in John 11 as well. They were sisters of Lazarus, if you remember that story. But today, as you know, being Mother's Day, uh, there's a lot of different types of moms out there. And, and I think our culture has shifted so much in, in, in motherhood. Um, we have a lot of single moms. We have a lot of moms who are, who are breadwinners of their homes now. Um, we have moms who are spiritual leaders of their homes because it just hasn't hasn't been picked up by dad. I mean, so when you look at Mother's Day, there's a lot of things that that happen. Some people had had moms who weren't very good to them. Uh, some people had moms that are, are very very good to them. Um, but as you look at Mother's Day, every mother is different. Every woman is different, and it's no no exception to the rule when it comes to the scriptures. This passage isn't necessarily about moms, though. Uh, but I feel with today's demands on women, I, I think this is a passage that can really challenge the heart. Uh, and what Christian, women, what Christian woman doesn't want to be a godly woman? Uh, now men, you're not off the hook either. And you'll, uh, you'll get to know me a little bit better as we, as we pastor together. Um, uh, but you'll, you'll understand that, that I don't let men uh, off on Mother's Day and I don't let women off on uh, Father's Day. I think there's something that we all can learn from this passage, um, but I am speaking to uh, to the women as well. Uh, there's, but there's a message for all of us, and I want to look at this passage and how it challenges the uh, the women who desire to live godly lives, and encourage us all to take hold of this truth today. So there are many attributes of a godly woman, uh, but as we break down this passage, we find that a godly woman must sit at the feet of Jesus. That's the first thing. If you want to be a godly woman, you've got to sit at the feet of Jesus. Here in our passage, you see Mary who sits down at the feet of Jesus, and, and she's taking in his teachings. And, and Martha's busy. She's, she's in, in the kitchen getting things ready. She's cleaning. She's setting up, making sure everything is just perfect. There's a big-time guest there today. See, the world today is so much different than it used to be, isn't it? We have all these pressures and, and ideas of what, what womanhood should be. But there are more demands on women today than there ever have been. For many reasons. There, there's there's the, the rise, of, like I said earlier, of single mothers. There's, there's uh, now more than ever, families are required two incomes. There are many reasons why. But most women in, that I know in my life are, are busy women. They're, they're not... Um, you're, you know, just sit around and do nothing. They're busy women. Uh, you know, we used to uh, have a joke around in my in my house that my my stepdad would come home from work and and my mom would be be haggard and and the joke was kind of like, you know, what did you do all day? And and uh, and you know, you if you're a single mom or if you were a mom at home, you know what you do all day. It's not an easy job. But there are so many demands. Between raising kids and keeping up the house, having a job, getting 
getting the kids to their activities, leading or participating in ministries at church, or taking care of your husbands. I know we can be a big job. But by the end of the day, you have no energy left. You see, busyness in itself can be a downfall. The problem with being busy is things get neglected. Things get neglected that need your time. Most of the time it's in your relationships. Uh, your husband, your kids, your friendships, and most importantly, Jesus. Oftentimes in, in a Christian woman's life when things get busy, the first thing that takes a back seat is Christ. And trying to build a home and, and a bright future for your kids, making sure that the day-to-day -day operations of your house are, are in check, uh, your spiritual life is often the one that's neglected. And when that's neglected, what happens is, is you lose sight and you lose focus. The business day has pulled you away from your own journey with Jesus. And if you're not spiritually healthy, that affects everyone else. Everyone else. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, Paul writes to Timothy, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of a value in every way, as it holds promise to the present life and also to the, for the life to come. So Paul's reminding Timothy as, as a young pastor that, that if you get too busy, if you get unfocused, um, you can be training to be the most physical peak condition, like some sort of like myself, not. Um, but you can do all that kind of stuff. But what happens is sometimes you lose that value of what's most important, and that's godliness. That relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in your life. Without that foundation and growing relationship in your life, it, the other things won't, won't do what they're supposed to do. They'll, they'll slip away. So how can you spiritually affect your children if you are not being fed yourself? See, Mary understood this. At least, it seems like she did. Mary found herself, maybe she was just as excited that Jesus was coming, but Mary found herself at his feet, listening, taking in everything he had to say. You see, We've got a job to do as parents, and that job is to affect the lives of our children. So how does that happen if you yourself, mom, aren't taking care of your spiritual needs? How can this change? Well, you have to decide that Jesus is enough. With all the pressures of motherhood that, that you experience, with all the pressures of being a woman and, and what you're supposed to stand for, and, and what you value, with all that stuff, you can be fed lie after lie after lie. Sometimes it's a lie of your image, or sometimes it's a lie of your identity of, of what you do for a living. And, and whatever it may be, what we miss is that Jesus is enough in our lives. Also, husbands, help your wives. Uh, I know as, as a pastor for the past almost 19 years, I've had this over and over again as I've counseled couples uh, who have been, you know, at each other's throats, really, um, is my husband doesn't help me enough. Husbands, it's our job to make sure that our wife succeeds. So husbands, help your wives. You are called to be the head of your house. And that means they need your help. You don't just go to work and come back and, and do your thing, but you help your wife. 
The second thing we learn, and the last thing we learn from this passage, I think, is that we need to prioritize the important stuff. See, Martha's not wrong for wanting to serve. We, we get that in our minds that when we hear this story, and we've often maybe heard it preached that, that Martha is the villain here. She wasn't wrong in wanting to serve. It was customary in this time of, uh, to honor a special guest. So when, so when Jesus came through, they knew there was something special about this man. And so, so Martha's thinking, that I'm going to make this the best dinner that he could ever have. And he, she wanted to honor him with her service. But maybe Mary had the same desire at one point until he came and he began to speak. Matthew reminds us in Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, you know this passage, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what Jesus is saying here is that if you want a full life, you've got to go beyond just the serving and the busyness, but you have to come to the word of God. You have to live there. See, like Mary, we all, not just women, need to understand this. It's different. It's a different thing than just hearing a sermon. It's a different thing than just um, listening to a sermon on the radio or, or listening in your Bible study. To live on the Word means that you make it a priority in your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's not about the temporary, but it's the eternal, the unseen, the scripture says. So we need to be eternally focused. Not internally, but eternally. Not temporary, but eternally. We need to be so focused on the things of God that we find ourselves prioritizing that stuff. To be who God called you to be, it begins with Him. It begins with you surrendering to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, Mary decided that her priorities were going to be what they were, and that was set at the feet of Jesus. She had that straight. Martha, although her heart was in the right place, neglected that priority of sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to the words of God. Jesus tells Martha that she's anxious and she's troubled. See, we find in Matthew chapter 11 which we'll, we'll see in a little bit, that, that we're supposed to take those things to God. You see, Jesus calls her out for anxiety and her trouble. And that Mary, Mary had choose, chosen the good. That Mary, by prioritizing her life, by prioritizing her faith to sit down at the feet of Jesus, that was truly the good. Priorities have to, set, have to be set in your life. And those priorities always have to, whether you're a man or a woman, child, those priorities always have to be set at Jesus first. They have to start with Him. Because He is everything that we need to be. He is our rest. He's our strength. When He is first, everything else comes together. When we prioritize Christ as as Lord and God of our lives, and, and we're not living on bread alone, but we're living on His Word, everything that comes from the mouth of God, we are telling Him that you are enough. And when He's enough, everything else we need comes the way we need it.
It'd be wise to remember the words of Jesus I mentioned just a minute ago. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is our rest. He is our peace. In the Hebrew, he is our Shabbat Shalom, our peace and our rest. And if he's that for us, Jesus, the fulfillment of all the law, everything that came before he fulfills all of that, then he is enough for us. We just have to prioritize our lives accordingly. So as we celebrate Mother's Day, it's my prayer that you don't allow it to pass without examining your life. Ladies, if you desire to be a godly woman, then I challenge you to give your life over to Jesus and sit at his feet. Completely surrender yourself to come and sit at the feet of Jesus and then to prioritize the important stuff. And it's him. I challenge you to choose the good. You see, it's in that good where you find your identity and meaning because it's founded on Christ. For all of us men and children here this morning, the challenge is the same. You cannot be a godly husband without prioritizing Jesus and sitting at his feet. You cannot be a godly child without sitting at the feet of Jesus and prioritizing him. You see, this all fits together. Be who God has called you to be. Not who you think you should be, but what God says you are. Don't let Satan keep you busy. One of the busy, things that Satan does best is keeping us busy. Because when we're busy, we lose our focus and our sight. Be who God has called you to be. Surrender to God's will and watch what he will do with your heart. Watch what he will do with your life. You'll be amazed at what God can use you for when you are prioritizing his ways. This world needs moms and other women who are totally sold out for Jesus. I know for me in my personal life, before I lost my mom, we were able to make amends of, of some just a bad relationship we'd had for quite some time. And I cherish that. But I can also tell you that God put other women in my life who are mother figures to me to help me in that emotional state that I was in of needing that relationship. And ladies, if you don't have children, that's okay. You still have an opportunity to be something special to someone, to be godly to someone else. This world needs to see moms and women who are that way. So may you have a very happy and a very blessed Mother's Day. Let's pray. God, I thank you and I praise you. And I just, uh, God, I just ask that you'd bless all the women uh, listening to this now and watching this now. I pray, God, that you will watch over them, Father. Help them to understand, Lord, that you are enough in their life. God, that you have created them to be beautiful and to be ambassadors of your grace and your mercy, to be spokesmen of your word. And I pray, God, that you will, Father, just fill them by your spirit to be who you've created them to be. And that at the end of the day, Jesus, you receive all the honor and the glory that is due to your name. We thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity that we have as as men to love our wives and our mothers 
to just be encouragement to them. I pray, God, that we would do well with that and that we would always treat them the way that you would, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.